This podcast is a member of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts and content creators, visit bio.link slash red5. For an entire generation, people have experienced Star Wars, the only way it's been possible, on the TV screen. But if you've only seen it this way, you haven't seen it at all. This is where the fun begins. Chewing. We're home. Hello there. We would be honored if you would join us. Welcome to the Blue Milk Cafe. Grab an empty stool at the counter, order a cup of Jawa juice and a nice slice of Yogan fruit pie, and get ready because we're about to talk all things Star Wars. Good morning, Masaspa, and welcome back into the cafe. This is episode 126. I am your host, Jeff, and on this weekend's episode, it is another flashback episode. We are going back to May of 2021, episode 90, when Apprentice Ewok stopped by the cafe, otherwise known as Brandon. And what we did was we just sat down, had a conversation about Ewoks. We talked about the Caravan of Courage, and we talked about the Battle of Endor, the two Ewok films from back in the 1980s. We had a good old time talking about Ewoks because I love Ewoks. Brendan loved Ewoks, so we had a good old time talking about the Ewoks. But before we relive that conversation, I am going to go ahead and give you my quick thoughts on this week's episode of The Mandalorian, which I just watched last night. Yes, a couple days late, but I can't always watch them right when they drop because I have a lot of other things going on, mainly my my job. But um, the fam, <clears throat> excuse me, the foundling, the foundling, geez, I can't talk this morning. Great episode. I love this episode. Then again, I've loved every episode this season so far. This episode, of course, focuses on Grogu, mainly. Um, at first, I thought it was about the other foundling, the one that we saw in the first episode of season three, getting his helmet and everything. And we find out my speculation was correct. He is Vizsla's son. So that was cool to find that out. Um, and, but no, it focuses on Grogu. We get to see who rescued Grogu from the Jedi Temple in a flashback, which blew my mind. Um, I was so happy to see it, and I was happy that I stayed spoiler free on who it was because when I saw him, my jaw dropped, and I'm starting to think, hey, is is this the is is this the Jedi he played in the uh, Jedi Jedi Challenge little game show thing that was on YouTube? 
which I really enjoyed that little show too. I, I wish they would have brought that back, but that's neither here nor there. But yes, Ahmad Best is the one that rescued Grogu from the temple. So when I joked a while back, I can't remember if I joked about it on here or if I joked about it on Twitter or where I joked about it or if I just joked to joked about it to my wife. I can't remember. But I had joked that Jar Jar Binks saved Grogu from the temple. Technically, I'm correct. And I am so happy they are bringing him back to play other roles. I am so stoked they made him a Jedi. He looked badass as a Jedi. Two lightsabers. He just looked amazing to me. I loved that little flashback scene. So I was happy to see that surprise. And I just... The, Grogu playing with the rocks and crabs was cute. I liked that. And I liked that the armorer made him a little chest plate that was very cute and cool. And that, of course, it has an insignia of the mudhorn because that's what his dad wears. So that was cute to see. And I've listened to other podcasts this week, and I hear people keep talking about what is Bo-Katan's true intentions. I, for some reason, I'm not getting those kind of vibes. Um, I, I don't, I, I can't say for sure if she has ulterior motives, but if she does, I don't think they're bad. I really don't. I think right now she has you know, come to the realization, as for right now, I need to go along with this creed or what have you, the way, because I have no place to stay. Her castle was destroyed. Her home was destroyed. So she has no place to go. And as of right now, she feels, I believe she feels at home with the um, the children of the watch here, and I think she's going to stay as long as she needs to. Yes, I do believe she'll eventually end up leaving, but the only ulterior motive that I can think of, because I don't think she's up, I don't think she's up to something evil. I really don't. Um, I believe may, her only ulterior motive maybe is to try to sway some of the other Mandalorians in leaving the way. So that would be my only thing that she was would be doing. I don't think she's going to betray Din. I really don't think she's going to betray um, these other Mandalorians here. She might betray the armorer. I'm not sure, but... I really don't see any really evil or shady notions coming from uh, Bo right now. I really don't. But maybe I'm just watching it wrong or processing stuff wrong because I'm the only one, I guess, that doesn't see, oh, she she's up to this. Oh, look at, look at that. And I don't know how people can... Uh, figure that out when she's wearing her helmet the whole time. All I'm getting is the way she turns her head, this and that. 
she could be like when she looked at um, the mythosaur skull on the wall and wanted that as her insignia on her other um, shoulder piece, which I thought was cool as well. She could like cocked her head like a, you know, the like confused dog, but she was like, I want that. That's, you know, I, I don't know. Like I said, maybe I'm the dumb one and reading all this wrong, but I don't see any ulterior motives. I don't see any evil ulterior motives because I've heard some people saying that she's going to betray Din. She's going to betray this. She's going to betray Grogu. She's going to betray, and I, I don't see her betraying anything. So, and maybe I'm just saying that because she's my favorite Mandalorian. I don't know, but I don't see her doing anything like that. Um, and the other scene that kind of tickled me was the when the, the campfire scene, when they were on their mission to rescue um, Vizsla's son. They were all sitting around the campfire there, and Bo leaned over and asked Din, how do you eat And without removing your helmet? And he goes, you don't. And he goes, when you get your food, you get up and you go find a place alone, take off your helmet, then you eat. So she when she got her food, she got up, and Vizsla comes over and says, as the leader of the mission, you have the honor of staying by the fire. So she stayed there, and she sat down, and when she took off her helmet and sat it next to her, uh, two things ran through my mind. One, she was thinking, oh, thank God I finally get to take this off. And two, how does her hair not get messed up underneath that helmet? I mean, she took it off. It was still perfect. I don't know how that happens, but hey, it's Star Wars, and silly stuff happens in Star Wars all the time. And I am rambling here, so... Um, oh, one more thing I got to mention about this episode, because my wife pointed it out, and I told her, don't think about it, don't think about it. Casualties of war, don't think about it. When they went to rescue Vizsla's son, and the mother bird-type pterodactyl thing ended up dying, getting killed by the, I guess, the alligator creature, whatever that thing was. Um, right away, my wife was like, what about the three little babies? They're going to starve to death. I'm like, don't think about that. I'm, I'm sure, it, just don't think about it. And of course, when they got back and the armor was praising Bo for her accomplishment, Bo goes, I also brought you three new foundlings. And I elbowed my wife before we even saw it, saw them come out of the ship. I'm like, they brought the birds home. And you see the little baby birds walking off the ship. And I said, there you go. They're not going to starve. So it looks like, you know, children of the watch have some pterodactyl birds or whatever they are to raise and hopefully use as, you know, weapons and stuff. Who knows? Who knows what they're going to use them for? But I think they're just going to raise them and perhaps maybe set them free. Because if you raise them, they probably won't come back and view you as a food source. Who knows? I don't know. I'm talking crazy now. So that means it's time to end this segment, jump into the DeLorean, and head back to May of 2021, episode 90, when I spoke with Apprentice Ewok about the Ewok movies and everything and anything Ewok. 
Hope you enjoy the conversation, reliving the conversation or listening to it for the first time. And may the force be with you. This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. For an entire generation, people have experienced Star Wars the only way it's been possible on the TV screen. But if you've only seen it this way, you haven't seen it at all. This is where the fun begins. Chewing. We're home. Hello there. We would be honored if you would join us. Welcome to the Blue Milk Cafe. Grab an empty stool at the counter, order a cup of Jawa juice and a nice slice of Yogan fruit pie, and get ready because we're about to talk all things Star Wars. Good morning, Masespa, and welcome back into the cafe. This is episode 90. I'm your host, Jeff. Yes, episode 90. I cannot believe I've been podcasting this long. Actually, coming up in May, around May 20th or so, will be my two-year anniversary. And that's amazing to me. I never thought I would last this long or have listeners, actually. So I'm very excited. Episode 90. And for episode 90, I have... A returning guest into the cafe. You know him as Apprentice Ewok on Twitter. Brandon will be stopping by here in the cafe and we are going to be talking all about the Ewok adventures that are now available on Disney Plus for all to enjoy. I watched them I watched them for the first time this past week or so and it, they brought back a lot of memories for me, especially Battle for Endor. Now, I love them both, but Battle for Endor for me was the one that I liked the most. I don't know if it was because it had more action than Caravan of Courage, but I remember liking Battle of Endor more. But we'll get into all that when Brandon stops by the cafe a little later here. But of course, here at the top of the show, I got a couple of things to go over. So it's time for My Week in Geek. Harry Knowles. Harry who? Uh, this man is the ultimate fanboy here, Eric. His website, Any Cool News, it's like every geek's homepage, man. Not much going on for me this week in geek for me, but there were a couple things. I watched, I actually binged the Netflix series Irregulars, and great series. I believe I watched this one after I watched uh, Shadow and Bone. But the Irregulars, very good series. Recommend checking it out, especially if you're a fan of the Sherlock Holmes type thing. It's a different spin on Sherlock Holmes, and it's really interesting, really fun. And I really can't wait for the second season to see what they do. 
So go check out their regulars on Netflix if you if you feel like it. Next, as previously mentioned, I watched the Ewok Adventure movies this past week on Disney Plus. So I included that in my Weekend Geek because, like I said, my Weekend Geek this week was not very heavy at all. And what I am going to start doing this weekend, though, is I am going to start diving back into the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. I have the DVD box sets here of that series. I can't wait to dive back into it. And I also want to recommend some other podcasts, like geeky podcasts, other than the like just a straight-out Star Wars podcast like mine that you may enjoy. Tatooine Sons was a full-blown Star Wars podcast, but they recently have switched over to more of a pop culture podcast, and I really love their new format, as well as Red Five's own Scarif podcast. They have switched over to Star Wars and other geeky topics. For example, this past week, I believe it was the most recent episode is they talked about horror movies and I really love horror movies. So that was a great episode. So yeah, go check out the new and improved Scarif podcast over on the red five network. Also, there is another new podcast starting soon. That's going to be all about pop culture and geeky stuff. And it's called enjoy stuff. Now it is hosted by the two hosts that used to host techno retro dads, techno retro dads recently ended and now they're picking up with a brand new podcast called Enjoy Stuff. Go check them out. I think their first episode should be coming up here in the next couple of weeks. So those are some lovely, geeky podcasts that I enjoy listening to. Go check them out. And now, let's just jump right over to the Star Wars Fun Fact of the Week. It's a fact. This week's Star Wars Fun Fact is a good one. I've never heard it before in my life. And I'm pretty sure some of you probably haven't heard of it. And if you have, let me know, because this one kind of blew my mind. Yoda's original name was Buffy. You heard me right, Buffy. According to what I found here on the internet, and we all know whatever's on the internet is true, His original, in the original script, his full name was Minch Yoda, but they shortened it so it could roll off the tongue a little easier. But in the very, very early ages of Empire Strikes Back, Yoda's original name was supposed to be Buffy. Yeah, you know, like the famous Vampire Slayer. Was Yoda meant to be the famous Sith Slayer? I don't know. But yeah, I just don't know what to think. His original name was supposed to be Buffy. I am so glad it's Yoda because I don't know if it would be his character would be as iconic as it is if his name was Buffy. Let me know what you think about that, but that was this week's Star Wars Fun Fact of the Week, and now I am going to take a short break, and when I come back from that break, Brandon, Apprentice Ewok, will be in this cafe, and we'll be talking about the Ewok Adventures. Tonight, a special presentation of the ABC Sunday Night Movie. From the creators of the Star Wars Saga, a world premiere presentation. A bold adventure of courage and daring. Mace, we're lost! 
where heroes become legends. And the only thing you can be sure of is magic. Lucasfilm's The Ewok Adventure. Brought to you by Huggies, the diapers that help stop leaking. And Nestle. When it comes to quality food products, Nestle makes the very best. And by McDonald's. It's a good time for the great taste of McDonald's. MacGyver is taking the night off, but you can see him Wednesday with a special presentation at 8, 7 central. The brakes are gone. Now, an ABC movie special. Tonight's continuing fantasy adventure of Sindel and the Ewoks contains some scenes of suspense and jeopardy which may be too intense for very young viewers. Parents are encouraged to watch with their children. An ABC premiere presentation from the creator of the Star Wars saga. Noah, here they come! Lucasfilm journeys throughout the heavens for the mightiest combat of the galaxies. I have the power. I will give you... In no other lifetime lived any greater evil. There's no escape for you, my little one. Or any grander adventure. Ewoks, the battle for Endor, next. Our story begins in a time long, long ago, deep in an enchanted forest on the distant moon of Endor. And I'm back. And as promised in my intro this morning... I have Brandon in the cafe, Apprentice Ewok, and we're about to talk about the Ewok Adventures. How are you doing today, Brandon? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. And I understand you just you just watched these last night, right? Yep. I thought I'd give myself a refresher on them. I, I recently got them, you know, at the start of the year on DVD uh, without knowing that they were going to put it on Disney Plus. So I figured I'd watch it on Disney Plus uh, as well. Right. Yeah, I had I had no idea they were going to do this on Disney Plus. I'm glad they did because I actually don't have them yet on DVD. So I would like to get them just because I have everything else Star Wars on Blu-ray or DVD. So right. just to add it into the collection would be awesome. Yeah. Um, let's I guess I'll start with a Caravan of Courage since that was technically the first one that came out I believe mm -hmm. in 84 yeah and it was originally called Ewok Adventure and I guess they changed the name of it I'm not don't remember why they changed the name of it I think it was something to do with overseas or something like that mm. don't know if they knew they were going to do a second one or not but I mean what what's your first experience watching the Caravan of Courage when do you remember watching it the first time it was actually when I got them on DVD. I had never been exposed to them before. Um, my mom, who introduced me to Star Wars, and I watched everything with her, she actually mm -hmm. hadn't seen the Ewok Adventures or the um, the holiday special. Okay. So, so it, you know, this year is, is really the first time I had seen it, which is funny because my, my channel is Ewok theme. Um, but it... 
I absolutely loved uh, getting to watch them. It, it was kind of funny, and people were like, no, prepare yourself because it, like, <laughs> it's going to be bad. And I was like, I'm just right. excited to see what it's, what it's like. Right. Well, I mean, back when I was, let me see, 84, I would have been about 14, 15 years old. <laughs> I, I enjoyed them at that age. Yeah. It didn't seem any different to me than Return of the Jedi. Yes, a little bit you know, lower budget. You could tell it was lower budget, but mm-hmm. I thought it was still good. It, it was part of Star Wars, so of course I was into it. Yeah. So I enjoyed them back then, and when I went to revisit them last weekend, earlier this week, yeah, I could see you know, some people going, man, these don't hold up. But <laughs> actually... Out of the two, I think Battle of Endor actually holds up a little bit better for me. Absolutely, yep. Um, I think when I was a kid, I think Battle of Endor held my attention more just because more action. Mm-hmm. But rewatching Caravan of Courage, I had a whole new appreciation for it. Yes, there were slow parts, and there are parts they could have eh, made a little shorter, mm-hmm. but overall. It was just setting up the story, and yeah, I mean, spoiler alerts for anybody that hasn't seen these movies that came out in the '80s. But <laughs> um, yeah, they, they set up this family in Caribbean of Courage for you to care about. You get you know these characters start caring about these characters, and then within the first five minutes of Battle for Endor, everyone's dead except for Sindel. Yeah. So you're like, what the heck just happened? Yeah. So, yeah, I, when I was 15 years old watching Battle for Endor, at first I didn't think, you know, Mace was dead. Mm-hmm. I thought maybe they rolled out the back of the hut or something and got away. I was expecting him to show back up. Yeah. Sitting almost through the whole movie, I'm like, okay, when's, there, when, when's Mace going to show up and surprise everybody? And he didn't. And I was like, oh, I guess he really was dead. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, what what did you think of that? I mean, the build up, I guess the build up for the second one, and then they just killed off the family within the first five minutes. Yeah, I was definitely surprised. I honestly couldn't believe it. I same thing. I was sitting there watching it, and I was like, okay, the, where's like, where's his mom gonna, where's her mom gonna pop up? Where's Mace gonna pop up? And I, I it got to the end, and I was like, oh, okay, they really made her an orphan. And right. I mean. It, it really is kind of, you know, true to George Lucas and, and, and Star yeah. Wars that it was uh, found family and with Noah and and Teak and stuff like that, that and the Ewoks that she finds these different families. But it was, yeah, it was very jarring. Like, <laughs> it, it is honestly within like the first five minutes where it's like, wow, her whole family is dead. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, that was, it was a shock, but. I, I can understand why they did it, but I also think it's funny after hearing the story of why George Lucas actually made these movies. He made them, I think, for his daughter, mm-hmm. which at the time loved the Ewoks. She loved the Ewoks from Return of the Jedi, so he decided why not make, you know, a couple movies about Ewoks for her. And I guess, I think at the time, him and his wife were going through a divorce, so... I, you could see 
themes of that playing a little bit into these movies as well. But he said the the Ewok that he killed in Caravan of Courage, oh. the one that Mace befriended. Yeah. Which actually made me roll a tear. Yeah. yeah. Um, her, his daughter really got upset about that. Oh. So he promised her he would not kill any Ewoks in Battle for Endor. Okay, I won't kill any Ewoks, but the family, fair game. You know, let, let's kill the, her family. So, yeah. As long as you don't kill any Ewoks, we're good. Oh, man. And uh, Return of the Jedi, when that one Ewok dies and the other Ewok goes over and, like, oh, hugs yeah. it. That when, when I saw this other Ewok die in Caravan of Courage, I was like, man, not again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that... It's just, I mean, I've heard other podcasts say the same thing I just said about um, not killing an Ewok because of his daughter being upset and then the whole family being killed. But yeah. yeah, I just, that just made me laugh. But yeah, I really enjoyed um, both these movies. I, w- which one did you like better? Oh, I, I have to go with Battle for Endor. Um, okay. Just the the whole the pacing of it. There's there was more action. Right. Um, it, it it felt like it was um, done better than Caravan of Courage. But like you said, Caravan of Courage, it was a lot of setting it up and setting up these characters and letting us see a little bit more of Endor and you know the different areas and. Uh, I actually find it really cool because I could see inspiration from I remember being at my grandmother's house when I was younger watching like some of the old old movies and I remember seeing Jason and the Argonauts and the Gorax creature and everything with that reminded me so much of the the Jason and the Argonauts and the like the Clash of the Titans stuff right. um, and I feel like that's what I do with these movies is like I understand that they're cheesy and they may not hold up to what some of our standards are now, but that doesn't make them bad or that doesn't make them, you know, not worth watching. It was really cool to see at knowing now what they've done with Star Wars and some of like the stagecraft stuff and the, the stop motion and the, the, the go motion stuff. Uh, so I absolutely enjoy these movies because you can see the evolution of that right. kind of those ideas. Yeah, I mean, just I will tell people this that have because I remember telling one of my friends when they popped up on Disney Plus, I told him, "Hey, you got to go check out the Ewok movies. They finally put them up there." And I guess some of my friends cuz my friends were the same age as me when they first came out back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, man, I, I remember them being really bad. <laughs> and I'm like, really? I said, I liked them back then. And then they said, well, yeah, but isn't it as bad as a holiday special? <laughs> and I was like, actually, no. <laughs> These mm-hmm. are much better than the holiday special. Uh, yeah. They didn't make the Ewoks talk Ewokese or whatever they speak right. throughout the whole movies. Like, I think that was their mistake in the holiday special. Yeah, was having, you know, most of it be. I think their language is Shriwok. Yep, they were they were talking that basically the whole movie. And yes, I understand to do it 
you know, to be somewhat realistic, you have to, you know, yeah, they don't talk English. Mm-hmm. You saw the movies. So, but it, yeah, it was kind of hard to sit through that with oh, yeah. Tree Wook going up through the whole thing. And I, I do like the progression of Wicked, and that's where Sindhu actually taught Wicked how to speak. Because mm-hmm. by the beginning of the second one, he's actually pretty coherent when he's talking to her. Yeah. Yep. Especially when she's explaining goodbye to him. Yeah. He was like, I think he said goodbye bad or something like that. Yeah. So, but yeah, it. I really enjoyed that they they taught Sindel was being a teacher for Wicked as well as Wicked being a teacher to Sindel teaching her about how to survive on your own and stuff like that mm-hmm. and also in the battle for Endor you get Wilf- Wilford Brimley mm-hmm. really who doesn't love Wilford Brimley yeah <laughs> I mean yes he he plays them gruff grouchy characters very well and that's what he was in this at the beginning he didn't yeah. want anything to do with him he trying to kick him out of his hut and so you're sleeping outside and stuff like that. But of course he comes around. Mm-hmm. And you could see, even see it. He was coming around when he was telling T, don't you dare take any <laughs> yeah. food out to them. Yep. And the way he was saying it was like, you know, take some food out to them. <laughs> yeah. But I think you, you could tell he, he was trying to say it loud enough too because he probably knew they were sitting out there yeah. that they could hear it. But yeah, it it was just just heartwarming seeing Sindel actually find a new family and teaching kids. George, I don't know if he knew it or not, but he was teaching kids about death too. Yeah, yep. In this, so and I've heard other podcasts. I think, geez, what what podcast did I just hear him on? Eric Walker, the boy that played Mace. Oh, was just on a podcast, and I can't remember which one it was. I think it may have been Blast Points. Okay. He was on. Oh, man. If I could get him to be <laughs> on my podcast, oh, my goodness. That would be awesome, because he absolutely loves Star Wars. He, he He's proud of these movies that he did. Even though he didn't last long in Battle for Andor, he still likes it. Mm-hmm. So, and here's, his stories are amazing. Even though I heard him a hundred times before, I could have him on this podcast and he can tell him a hundred more. But I and actually he just accepted my friend request on Facebook a couple of days ago, so Oh cool. Maybe there's hope. <laughs> I can, you know, message him on Facebook and say, Hey, I know you've done other podcasts in the past, but how would you feel about doing one more? hmm Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. But yeah, he I like how he calls himself the original mace too. <laughs> way before Samuel L. Jackson yeah so, but yeah he 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 was good he, he kind of came off a little bit as a jerk in the first one yeah oh yeah I mean treating the Ewoks the way he was I was like how dare you dude <laughs> they're, they're not hurting Sindel they're actually trying to help you yeah but yeah, he did. He does come around, but that's, I think, in every Star Wars movie, when he, your main protagonist, you know, they, you know, you know, find a, learn a lesson, what have you, 
So yeah. So yeah. What, what are your some of your favorite scenes in? Let, let's start with Caravan of Courage. Um, I I honestly think it's 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 some of like the cheesy scenes with the Gorax. Okay. And uh, like the 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 wispy the wispies uh scenes. Mm-hmm. And I I love Star Wars Battlefront and the there's like the grenade for the Ewoks is is a is a wispy pouch, and I I thought that was so cool because I, I I knew that that's where they had come from, but it was it was fun to see them in the movie, but uh it it's a lot of those where you can kind of see the you know and look and try to figure out how they did stuff in the movies and. Some people would look at it and they'd be like, oh, that's like awful effects. But I'm like, what are you talking about? This is awesome. And seeing like the blurgs. Um, yeah. And because I mean, myself and a whole bunch of other people in the collecting community, they like we are all for getting a, a black series blurg to right. go with Kuwil. Um And I, it's it's awesome because you you look back and people are like, oh, well, did the blurgs just appear in, in like the Mandalorian and Rebels? And it's like, no, they they go all the way back to, you know, the Ewok adventures. Yeah. So it I think it's fun to see some of those um some of those Easter eggs and characters that they use now in, you know, really popular media back where they're you know, where they're where they were created. Right. And when that when that pop, when the blurt popped up there in Caravan of Courage, I totally forgot about it. Yeah, I saw it. I'm like, oh my god! And I had to like rewind it a little bit, and I was like, yeah, that is a blurt. I'm like, oh my goodness! Not knowing at 14, you know what that was, and then all of a mm-hmm. sudden popped up in Mandalorian. It didn't dawn on me when I was watching Mandalorian. Like I said, it dawned on me when I was rewatching Caravan of Courage. I'm like, oh my goodness, that's right. They're mm-hmm. pulling these things from past Star Wars properties and inserting them into the newer stuff, which is just awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Another scene I really enjoyed in Caravan of Courage was the spider scene. Yep. Yeah. That scene is awesome. And just like when I think Blast Points was talking about it, they were like saying, you could totally see the strings and stuff on them. <laughs> and I was like, I'm like, yeah, but that's what makes it fun. Yeah. And... Yeah. Yeah, I was just, even though I hate spiders, just Me something too. about that scene. I'm pretty <laughs> yeah. sure when I watched when I was 14, I was like, kind of like, oh, no, 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 no. I don't want to see the spider. Yeah. But watching it now, I'm, I was just sitting there kind of like chuckling and enjoying it. But yeah, the, the spider scene and the entire scene in the Gorax's layer there was pretty awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, when they were rescuing his parents and stuff. That was that ha- that kind of had the kind of feel of Jack and the Beanstalk. Mm, mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah, it, I mean, I don't know if it was one of George's influences, but it was definitely one of the things that I thought of right away. I'm like, oh, this is right. sort of like Jack and the Beanstalk, which is true because Gorax is like a giant. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even yeah. make that connection. Yeah, yeah, and and. Battle for Endor, I mean, I don't know where to start because 
I, I love the whole opening battle. That yeah. was pretty cool. Something I wasn't expecting right at the beginning of the movie. Don't yeah. Even, like I said, I don't, I don't think I remembered much of them when I rewatched. So this was like a whole new sitting down watching a whole new movie. And I kind of like that. Like, oh, I don't remember much of this from back in the day. And rewatching it, I was like, "Oh my god!" They they just picked it up right there at the beginning with, "Boom, you're in you're in the action." Mm-hmm. And also, like, even though he wasn't in the movie long, I kind of like that they uh, replaced the actor that played her dad. Yeah. With um, Principal Vernon from The Breakfast Club. Yep. I don't yeah. like that. So I was like, "Oh, it's nice to see him play like a decent person." <laughs> so, yeah, I really enjoyed that. Um, what, what are some of your uh, favorites from Battle Grandor? Oh, um, the, the obvi- I, I mean, obviously that opening scene, uh, seeing the Marauders come in, and uh, Tarek is is like, I mean, now you think of like a villain for a movie, and he's a pretty generic design, but you you look and it's you can t- he's intimidating right away and you're like oh geez how the how are the Ewoks gonna deal with this and um his big sword was just awesome and yeah. you know I really really liked the stuff with with Sindel and Noah and Teak um where, you know they made those little muffins and then they make the pies and stuff yeah. like that and you can just tell that Noah is like you said it's like he's he, he's trying to be that curmudgeonly old guy that's like oh we don't want him around but he like you said teak he's like definitely don't give them any food nudge nudge um so i really like the like those scenes and then when they scale the wall for the castle and they're you know in the castle trying to free the ewoks and stuff those those are just awesome scenes and then that that last little bit with um where where Wicket uses the 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 slingshot and hits the ring, it's yeah. it's totally one of those '80s defeating the bad guy like on accident type thing, right. um, and like David versus uh, Goliath moment. And it this movie for me is a hundred times more like watchable than Caravan of Courage, and I still like Caravan of Courage, but this one, like yeah. I, it's it's just fun. It yeah. really is. It, 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 yeah. Caravan is your, um, uh, how did the Wampus Lair describe it? Uh, Caravan Courage is like a Lord of the Rings type thing where they're on a journey. Yep. And they have their little team and get their, each of them gets a like certain kind of special weapon that mm-hmm. they, they, they need to use. And then battle is just like your, non-stop beginning to end action yeah there was a little dip in the action there when Sindel and Wicked get to Noah's hut but mm-hmm. you need that in every Star Wars movie you need that little respite so you can breathe mm-hmm. so yeah that's why I like Battle for Endor more but I could rewatch Caravan but when I go back and choose which one I want to watch I usually pick Battle for Endor. Mm-hmm. But 
Yeah, and and Teak Teak was just the comic relief mm -hmm. to me. And and I'm a I'm a Jar Jar fan, but to me, yeah, yeah Teak is like the Jar Jar battle friend, where he's he's there for oh, your absolutely. comic relief. Yeah, doing his little antics and yeah. the the battle between Noah and I forget the the villain's name. Uh, Tarek. Tarek. Their their battle there at the end was classic. Even though it's not, they weren't lightsabers. Mm -hmm. I think that should go in there with the discussion of what's your favorite, you know, battle, like mm -hmm. duel, I should say, in yeah. Star Wars, because that was basically a duel, even though it yep. wasn't was uh, lightsabers. They were fighting. He had his sword. Noah had his staff. So. They were battling, and I really enjoyed that. And I also saw, after these were released on Disney+, Plus and people were actually getting to see them, most people, most fans, for the first time, mm -hmm. I started seeing GIFs and memes of, um, oh, I guess Tarek wasn't as strong as uh, Thanos. He couldn't hold the Infinity Stone or something <laughs> like that when, he, when the stone burned him up. So, yeah, <laughs> that was pretty fun. That's but, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, Caravan is is basically your if you like the you know, journey movies where you're on a journey together. Caravan of Courage is for you. And but if you like the something that needs to keep your attention, Battle for Endor is for you. That's yeah. why I think back in the day, most kids probably gravitated towards Battle. Yeah. and Caravan of Courage just because it probably held their attention. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I guess we, we've talked pretty much about the... Did we talk about, like, that, the actual, like, story beat in, in, in them, what they were actually about, or could we just start in and jump all over the, over the place? Yeah, just kind of all over the place and what our favorite parts were. Okay. Um, so, so the basic, what, if you were to describe Caravan of Courage to a person that's never seen it, mm -hmm. what, how would you tell them what the movie was about? Um, a stranded family uh, lands on a planet, and the inhabitants help them help children rescue their parents after a large beast captures them um it's the the journey uh exploring a foreign planet an alien planet um yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah actually, i'm i'm not gonna be one good. to be writing uh writing plot synopsis right yeah i i couldn't because yeah, mine, mine for Battle Vendor would would basically be if the story of Sindel and Mace pick up. Basically, I don't know. They, I don't think they really tell you how much time has passed. Mm -mm. But it picks up, and they they almost have their ship fixed. They're getting ready to leave, and. Oh, some marauders come, attack the Ewok village, capture the Ewoks, 
kill Mace and the mother. Eventually killed the father, and Sindel was orphaned. Goes on the journey with Wicket to basically save the watch from um, the castle. So that's basically the second one. And yeah, they're like you said, we're we're don't ever hire us for writing <laughs> plot synopsis because yeah I, i'm not a writer to begin with so. no no so i can i i could never and heck sometimes as you've heard on this this episode i have sometimes i have a hard time coming up with the right words to describe something so mm-hmm. but yeah that's that's basically what they're about they're just fun kid movies and that's another thing some fans have to understand especially the older fans like me that really didn't watch them back in the 80s mm-hmm. and they've watched them now and said oh my god that's just some kids crap well yeah star wars was made for kids yeah when we yeah. first saw it we were kids mm-hmm. so yes they were made for kids so yeah and i think hmm yeah, they could have put a little bit more action in Caravan of Courage because I'm pretty sure maybe I I dozed off a couple of times when I when I first saw <laughs> watching it there on the living room floor with my brother. Yeah. So yeah, I'm pretty sure my sisters were were probably dozing off even more because they were even younger than us. So, <laughs> but yeah, you, you need a little bit of action too to hold the kids' attention. Yeah. Well, and I feel like it follows a similar. Like, you know, you mentioned Lord of the Rings. If we're going to look at, you know, the animated uh, Lord of the Rings, you know, movies that they did, or even the, oh, the yeah. Peter Peter Jackson movies, um, they follow the same, like the first movie, it's setting up the group of people that goes on the journey. And the, yes, there's a little bit of action. There's the, you know, the spider scene and the Gorax scene. And, right. um, you know, there are some lighthearted moments and them, you know, going on their journey. But the second movie is like you think about Lord of the Rings and then the two towers that two towers is so much more action than than Fellowship of the Ring is and you you even look at at Star Wars Star Wars it was setting up the universe that we love and you've got a couple bits of action in the original Star Wars and then Empire Strikes Back you it it opens up with with the the Wampa um, and and then the Battle of Hoth and then I, 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 I think you, you can almost see in certain movies, and it, it, you know, it's 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 basic storytelling. It's it's those heroes' journeys, the um, different adventures and stuff like that. Where it, to tell an effective story, you almost have to go through certain tropes and certain progressions and stuff to to make people care. And I think that these movies. Uh, do that and that's why i think that that it it is easier to watch battle of endor because it's that second setup they don't have to spend as much right. time saying this is who this family is this is why they're here these are the ewoks it's boom right into it yeah and i that's another you brought brought up um why the family was there we found that out caravan and courage which is a good point because that's why i think noah eventually connect with Sindel because we find out Noah. Also, him and his 
mm-hmm. a friend that he was with crash landed on Endor, and yeah. they were looking for a way to get off. So, and unfortunately, we find out later that Noah's friend was killed by these marauders. So, mm-hmm. and because oh, all over a power source for their ship because they think this would get them off the, the planet. As we find out, that's what the Marauders' main goal was, was they wanted to get off the planet. Yep. But I also really enjoyed the, the soundtrack to mm-hmm. these two movies. And if I looked it up this morning, Peter Bernstein, Bernstein, I believe was the composer, and I thought he did a really good job. As a matter of fact, the soundtrack is probably going to be the musical underbed for this episode. So, mm-hmm. just because I, I just like the different sounds. Yes, yeah. I love John Williams. John Williams, of course, is king, but it's just nice to hear different uh, takes on Star Wars music from different composers, just like we had for. Clone Wars animated series mm-hmm. and Rebels and stuff like that and oh, Rogue One Solo and the Mandalorian too yeah and the Mandalorian it's just awesome to start hearing all these different composers takes on Star Wars music and if you think about it I think it was the holiday special I think was the first you know crack they, someone got at that I don't even know who did the score for that Mm-hmm. But yeah, and then you know, Mr. Bernstein, Stein, however you want to say it, got the crack at the Ewok movies, and I believe he did a really good job. Yeah, I mean, I sat here and listened to most of it this morning, and was like, you know what, that sounds really nice. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, the soundtrack was good, and yeah, the the story, the stories were good. Like you said, you need enough of a story just to keep kids engaged. And yes, these movies were made on a very uh, cheap budget. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go to YouTube, you can find actually the making of Caravan of Courage and the Battle for Endor. Oh, I cool. believe that they were fan made. And both videos are around 20 minutes long. It's okay. a very easy watch. I watched uh, the Caravan of Courage one the other day on my lunch break at work. And actually, they filmed most of that movie right about nine miles away from uh, Lucas's ranch. Oh, okay. They're in San Francisco. So, wow. That, the, the, all those rolling hills and stuff were like right there near Skywalker Ranch, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, that is a cool thing. I, I didn't. I'll have to check that out. I didn't know that that, that was available. Yeah. I think if you just go on YouTube and search "Making of Ewok Adventures," both videos will pop up. Okay. But yeah, like I said, they're about twenty minutes long. Very easy watch, and whoever, whatever fan made these, I didn't even research that. He did a really good job. They almost look like, hey, these could be on the DVDs at special feature. That's how well these these making of things were produced. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, yeah that that's another thing. I mean, they did what they had to do to to make these movies on the budget they had. 
I don't know if you noticed, but I found this out on the Wampas Lair when they did their episode about these movies. There was a couple of stock footage shots that they took from Return of the Jedi and put them into a bat- the battle for Endor there at the end during the battle scene hmm. to, to fill in the gaps. Okay. I think it's a couple of shots where the Ewoks are jumping up and down. Yeah. If you, if you look, you'll probably recognize and go, oh my god, that's from Return of the Jedi. Okay. Uh, I just thought that was funny that, yeah, hey, they had to reuse stuff because yeah. maybe they weren't able to afford to hire that many Ewoks to be in this movie like they had on Return of the Jedi. Right, yep. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of the, the audiobook that I listened to, but it is um, Warwick Davis's. Okay. And he talks about all of all of the uh, it is Size Matters Not. Okay. It, it's a really quick listen. It's super fun and he talks about all the movies uh, pretty much that he's been part of from Star Wars and how he got the role in Star Wars to um, to, to Harry Potter and Indiana and, and being on set for Indiana Jones. Um, but he he does talk a little bit about the Ewok adventures and how he he thought it was crazy that all of a sudden the, the Ewoks were going to be able to speak English um, or basic and it it it's definitely worth worth the time. I, Warwick Davis is is a is a wonderful person and yeah. it, the way that he tells stories it is an awesome awesome look into you know some some of the history that that some people might not know about about the the Ewoks or or his characters. Yeah. Yeah, I, if I have um I don't know if I I'll ever meet him or not, but I have a list of like Star Wars related actors and other people that were involved in Star Wars that I would like to meet sometime mm-hmm. and work is one of them. Yeah, just because I I've sat there and the last couple of celebrations that were of course streamed on uh, StarWars.com, I was sitting there in front of my TV watching the live stream mm. and work hosting the yeah. the stages on, on some of those panels. He just has you know the audience engaged so well. Mm-hmm. Seems like such a down to earth kind of guy just love yeah. to meet him and of course i'll probably ask him you know how he feels about the new um willow project that that they're doing mm-hmm. so i can't wait for that i was a big willow fan back in the day too yeah i and, i yeah, watched I can't it wait to see what they do with that I, I remember watching it when i was a kid with my mom um and it was really funny to hear some of the stories if you're if you're a willow fan hearing some of the stories that, that Warwick tells about um, oh my goodness um, oh the the, the actor um, Val Kilmer yeah Val Kilmer thank you just yeah. completely spacing I, I spacing out think, his name <laughs> be thinking of now it's like oh that's right yeah um, it 
it sounded like they had a, had a great time with that and filming that and uh, it sounded like it was kind of a, a hellish production but it from what it sounds like in that book he is very very proud of yeah. of Willow and I I I too am very excited for for the the project and yeah uh, I not sure if it's going to be a movie now or if it's going to be a series on Disney Plus they haven't really I haven't heard much news about it since they announced that it, it is happening. Right, and you know, even things might even change by the time they right. they make up their mind. They might see this might be better fit for a you know a a limited series or a yeah a one time thing. I would, that I would really like to see that. I mean, I'm I'm so used to the series now. Especially after WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, give me more series because this yeah. is the first. This was the first Friday without an episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier, and I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Yep. So, but yeah, I like that. I like the idea of the series, and I think Willow was was it one of the first roles Ward said that he played where you could people actually saw his face yep so that was all new too it's like oh so that was the guy that was inside that ewok costume and they're like yeah that's him so but yeah, yeah. he even talks about that in the book was it was a very uh he even they they approached him for the role and they said we we pretty much wrote this this part with you in mind and he was like well i don't want it just yet i want you to try to find people like i want to audition for it and he said it was a weird transition going from being part of the character and being like behind the character rather than being you know you know where people could actually see his face yeah yeah and i think i would have been like work because what what was he 13 or 14 when he filmed Return of the Jedi, yeah, he he was young, young teen. Uh, man, I I think I would have flipped out just yeah. like he did. <laughs> I'd have been like, "What? I'm going to be in a Star Wars movie? Yeah, but you're going to be in this outfit. No one's going to see your face. I don't care." Okay, yeah. So yeah, I that's just amazing. And you would I don't because sometimes you can like look at people that they get for to play characters that are small mm-hmm. you can almost tell by body movements and stuff like oh that looks like that's a kid right but with wicked and return the jedi i just i didn't see that i didn't see oh that's a kid in that right his mannerisms were you know pretty mature I don't know if that's the right word for it, but yeah, he didn't. He didn't seem like he was a kid moving around in that outfit. Yeah, and I mean, yes, there were scenes where he had to do the, you know, cocking the head and acting. Yeah, but he was. But yeah, he he did a really good job, and not until I saw set behind the scene photos and stuff of him without the head on. I was like, oh my goodness, that was a kid. Yep. So, 
Yeah. yeah. And it was crazy because he talks about he wasn't originally supposed to be Wicket. He was supposed to just be a backup Ewok. Uh, Kenny yeah. Baker was supposed to play Wicket because they right. wanted so, somebody experienced in that in that role. But then when they they found Warwick and they figured it, he the the cocking his head and a lot of the the gestures that he does um, he got it from watching a dog uh, <laughs> yeah. and it those I it's such a cool cool thing to to know about. Uh, the behind the scenes stuff and I really really enjoy behind the scenes so I, I really like that book um, so I, yeah. I definitely have to check that making of video I love documentaries and all that kind of stuff figuring yeah. out what it was like when movies were being made yeah, he, he's, he's a great actor and like I, said, I hope I get to meet him someday mm-hmm. but yeah he he's just I also loved when I think yeah, he interviewed uh, Carrie Fisher at one of the celebrations, and they reenacted the scene when they first met in Return of the Jedi. That was cute. Yeah, the weird work, work, Yeah, work was still doing the same mannerisms he did back then. He did the cock into the head. <laughs> yeah, everything. But yeah, and as as they were acting out that scene, even though you know, I love Carrie Fisher and she was a great person. You can tell that work was into it a little bit more than she was. Because <laughs> I think he was the one that suggested it. Yeah. He was like, why don't we do that scene again? So, yeah. But yeah, I. since we strayed off the topic a little bit there, but okay. actually, if you think about it, it was still on topic because war was a part of those movies. So yep. we, we're still on topic. Yeah, and it was all about the heart of Star Wars. And <laughs> yeah. It's all good. Yeah. yeah, but I think we already went over which movie we both like better, so mm-hmm. don't have to answer that again. Yeah. But just for the fun of it here, I actually ran, without even knowing what I was going to do for this weekend show, I ran like a poll on my Twitter account of mm-hmm. which one did you like better caravan of courage or battle for endor mm-hmm. and even though there's a day left i think on my poll right now it's at 69 percent to 30 percent for battle for endor mm-hmm. so yeah that, that really doesn't surprise me that much but yeah yeah i just and thought that's it, yeah that's completely fine i like yeah it, I, I feel like it's a, a lot of people their favorite Star Wars movies are the original Star Wars or Empire Strikes Back and right. it's not it's not anything against Return yeah. of the Jedi or or Star Wars um, you know it's nothing against the other movies it's just you know they're it's what what it comes down to what you enjoy when you watch it more and right that's what I went with which one would did I watch more and I watched Battle for Endor more because I specifically remember I don't know I might still actually have it down in my down in my basement in a box somewhere but I think I never returned my friends um, VHS recorded off of TV Mm -hmm. version of Battle for Endor I don't think I ever returned that to them (laughs) so yeah 
Battle for Endor, I definitely watched more than Caravan and Courage, but actually this weekend I'll probably go back and revisit both of them. But might watch them in reverse order this time. Yeah. So, we'll see. But anyway, did you have any final thoughts about either movie? Uh, no, just that, you know, some people, they might not give it the time of day. And they might think it might be a waste to watch it because they might expect something on the level of the holiday special. But I, I think if you get down to the root of it, these are very, very George Lucas movies. They are very, very much Star Wars. The production value is not as high, but you can definitely get a lot of the themes. Um, the music is great, and it's it's got just enough story and just enough of the right moments that you're like, that, that was fun to watch. So. Yeah. I definitely recommend them to anybody who hasn't seen them yet. Yeah, and I would... My final thoughts, basically the same as yours, but this new Star Wars Vintage Collection that they've added to Disney Plus under the Star Wars banner there, mm-hmm. I really like that idea. I, I've i heard rumors, and I think they have been confirmed, but I don't think there's a date yet on when it's going to drop on Disney Plus, but... I think they're going to throw um, the old droids animated show mm-hmm. on the vintage collection. And I would just like to see them put more in that under that vintage banner because you can even go with, like, even though it's already on Disney Plus because they put them up the show on Disney Plus, you can put other variety shows from back in the late 70s mm-hmm. after Star Wars hit and became so popular. Yeah, they had Star Wars. Donnie Marie show had a Star Wars theme <laughs> episode. You could throw yeah. that under there. Yeah, you I've could got throw old interviews under there too that people would watch. I would. I love watching the old interviews. So that that's just hopefully that section will just start to expand a little bit more as well. Right. So yep. yeah, I, I'm loving all this old stuff that we're we're getting on Disney Plus right now and. Of course, the next big thing for us Star Wars fans is May the 4th, mm-hmm. later this week, and the Bad Batch. Yep, uh, absolutely. But yeah, if you want to go ahead and tell people all about what you do and your Twitter handles and all that stuff, you're oh, more sure. than welcome. Thank you. So I'm Apprentice Ewok, no space, capital A, capital E. Um, my name is Brandon. You can find me on Twitter. I'm getting more active on Instagram as well. It's Apprentice Ewok there as well. Uh, I've got my YouTube channel where I do live streams. We've got the Peg Warmers, uh, which is myself, 1000th Ghost, uh, Blue Harvest Vintage Toys Mark, um, The Forces with Jesse, John from Super Awesome Geek Show, and every once in a while, usual Mike pops on, but so that's the peg warmers and then recently we announced that uh paul's collectibles um and bailey taylor uh we're gonna do a bad batch it's gonna be called the bad batch breakdown and it's gonna be every saturday after each one of the the bad batch episodes it's gonna be the weekend after and we'll just talk about our feelings from each episode so those are the kind of the projects i've got um you can find me at Apprentice Ewok, and yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I love uh, love streaming different video games, Star Wars Battlefront 2, uh, sometimes figure reviews, and I, 
I just love all sorts of Star Wars stuff. I'm starting to build up my Star Wars collection. I'm almost running out of space, so I'm trying to get creative with my storage. But uh, I'm I'm just one of those people that loves to love Star Wars. So, and you know, world could use more of that. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, that's awesome. And right. yeah, whenever you want to come back on the show, shoot me a DM like you know did a couple weeks ago, and we'll yeah. set something up. And that sounds great. Pretty sure we could think of a topic. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, thanks for joining me for my 90th episode and awesome. welcome to Ewok Adventures because I did. I have been wanting to talk about them ever since they premiered, but haven't gotten around to it yet. And <laughs> perfect guest would have been Apprentice Ewok. So, <laughs> th- thanks for joining me. And like I said, anytime you want to come back, you're more than welcome. Sounds good. Thank you much. Thank you so much for having me. You, sir. I'm proud to know you, and my life is better for it. No. Brave and fine little warrior. Bye. And all the rest of you, too. Bye, Noah. And now you. I say to you, my friend, you're a sweet spirit. I love you and I'm going to miss you. Time we go. Off you go. So long. Bye, Pete. And there you have it. That was my discussion with Apprentice Ewok, Brandon, about the Ewok adventure movies Caravan of Courage and the Battle for Endor. If you want to weigh in on the Ewok adventure movies, please hit me up on Twitter at that BMC pod or at my personal Twitter, SWFish77, fish spelled F-I-C-H. And you can also email thatbmcpod at gmail.com. And don't forget to go follow and listen to all the other great podcasts over at the Red 5 Network. You can follow the Red 5 Network on Twitter at Red 5 Network. Now, don't forget, after the outro will be episode 9 of the New Hope radio drama, Rogues, Rebels, and Robots. And as always, until next time. I have spoken. Give the
evacuation code signal. Thank you for stopping by the cafe. Life is all about passions. Thank you for lending me your ear while I shared all of mine. You can follow the Blue Milk Cafe on Twitter at that BMC Pod. You can follow the Facebook group, the BMC Pod. You can also email the Blue Milk Cafe, that BMC Pod at gmail.com. And remember, Blue Milk, it does a body good. Anyway. Greetings, listener. Just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the Red 5 Network family. Red5network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love. So the next time you're itching for quality content, make sure you head over to Red5network.com. You'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more. All wings report in. It's the Red 5 Network. Thank you for stopping by the cafe. Life is all about passions. Thank you for lending me your ear while I shared all of mine. You can follow the Blue Milk Cafe on Twitter, at that BMC Pod. You can follow the Facebook group, the BMC Pod. You can also email the Blue Milk Cafe, thatbmcpod at gmail.com. And remember, Blue Milk, it does a body good. Anyway. Greetings, listener. Just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the Red 5 Network family. Red5Network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love. So the next time you're itching for quality content, make sure you head over to Red5Network.com. You'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more. All wings report in. It's the Red 5 Network. <laughs>